question for you. What's up, brother? How many Finos are in the Jungle Boy bank? We have a lot. We have currently about Is this real 400 life right word. plus. Yeah. 500 plus. Yeah. Five, no, probably, four, 400, 500. And that's currently. including males, too. That's, in, that's including males. We have a, a really crazy collection in the Jungle Boys vault. Um, probably like 150 males and like 300-something different females. So you guys keep the males, too. Yeah, yeah, for future projects that we're going to run. And um, that's currently at the, in the vault. But right now we're pheno hunting and more and more strains are like coming out of those hunts. How, how important do you think it is keeping the males? I mean, at 150 males, I mean, that's who has that? It's, you never know. You like, never know. And like he said, like sometimes you'll do a run or they'll do a run and they'll go, wow, these, all these females are really nice. And then you look at the male that you kept from that lot and go, wow. So that thing genetically could bring all of this to the table. Yeah. And like you can cross a female, but the male you can cross to a bunch of different varieties of females. So if you know you have a, like a really strong genetic uh, stud, so to speak, it's really, it's kind of nice to have in the vault. You, um, you occasionally bring new genetics out of the vault. Yeah. All the time. How does that work? Who decides like, who decides what, what's going to get dropped? Um, collectively as a group, um, me speaking with other growers, um, like, yo, let's drop uh, orange cookies this summer. Okay, let's do it. But there's a lot of planning behind that. You have to almost plan like six, seven months before that happens, um, especially something coming out of the lab um, because of the time that it takes for plants to develop, get big enough for take thousands of cuts. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty much like that. And then sometimes it's like, yo, we haven't seen this plant grow in like 10 years. Let's bring it out under new facilities, new lights, new regimen. And uh, to speak on that, like the Skunk uh, 901VA yeah. that we just dropped. I mean, that's an old cut. That how, was, how long have you guys had that in the bank? I want to say like 15 years. Yeah. Fuck. Like long time. Wow. Long time. And we brought that one out. Mike TC'd it and ran it under leds um and it came out super fire so we're like okay let's keep it in rotation just for that specific location that's kind of a trip though so like it was hibernating for a while right and it just came back and it's now it's drinking the athena and hitting the led it's lights got all that new new yeah. it has no idea what's going on right now okay how long was it how long was it in how long was it in the bank and that you guys were just doing tissue culture on it and just leaving it in there how long was it? Probably three years, maybe three, three or years. four years. Yeah, um, so it, it, was it, one of it the came into ones. a whole new nutrient line and a whole new lighting. Everything. It woke up into new facilities. It's, it had no yeah. idea where it was. Wow. Encino Man. Yeah, Encino Man. That's right. Um, what's the oldest pheno you brought back? I mean, you said three, th- three years, the yeah, Skunk 91, the Skunk right? 91, um, the Legend OG, that cut. Um has been in the Jungle Boy uh, catalog for a long time. Um, the Wi-Fi was another tricky one. That was kind of an older cut. The uh, Wi-Fi 43. That one was uh, Fiona hunted a long time ago by Ivan and OG Rascal and selected yeah. that one. And so those are probably our oldest um, strains that we've brought out recently. Yeah. Yeah. So you bring it out. You know, it's been five years. Put it back on the market. You guys... You know, blow it out, mom it out, flower it, 
Yeah. And then you kill the moms right away? Um, it depends. Certain releases will bring out for one, maybe two rounds, limited, and then pull it back. You know, some will release for a longer period of time. It's all like we're following the market, what the trends are. So certain strains will only for a little amount of time, like a splash. The orange cookies was a little splash. Everyone really liked that too. It was kind of like a little orange splash. And then um, they did the Gorilla Glue 4. We just brought that back as a little splash. And people who remember it, like think of it fondly. I remember Gorilla Glue 4 always pretty much kicking ass and, and disappeared. It became kind of like a commercial strain, I guess. But um, it was fun to bring that back. Do you know any other cultivators that are doing what you guys are doing? I mean, I, I, that's why I was there and I was blown away by it. And I just never heard of it before. No, no. I mean, we have an arsenal of strains to play with and what I mean, we're really doing is 500 in the bank. Yeah. And we're just like the patients ultimately, um, decide, right. We, we listen to the patients if they're like, yo, where's the Topanga? Yeah. We just or, brought that back for everyone. Yeah. Like where, where's this, where's that? Then we're okay, we'll bring it back. That's the benefit of that. It's kind of like um, a rotating door. We have all the new stuff that comes through. Um, Walt has like full production moms of of all of the latest crosses, the Keeper Finos. And then in addition to those, we'll just kind of put a little flavor, like old school stuff or maybe some new school flavor and just kind of mix it up. They did the rainbow belts for a while. Um, That's gone right now, but we're bringing it right back. So it's kind of like it already, it already is like needs to come back. Yeah. It's, it's sick (laughs) because you're going to have a guy that, you know, five years ago smoked skunk 91 and was like, man, I'd really like to you know get my hands on some of that. Bam. You guys bring it back out. It's like hits under LEDs and everything. Yeah. Under that new new, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm high like I used to be, but I don't even, what the heck's going on right here? Yeah. No, it's, it's sick. It's just, I just don't, haven't seen anybody doing that and, I was tripped out when I was over there and I, I saw what you guys were doing. I think we joke in the future, it'll be digital, right? So there'll be like little tablets and you'll like, they'll just be able to scroll through the entire nursery database. <laughs> and so then Walt will just get like a printout. I'm like, Oh, you know, it looks like enough people voted. We're going to bring back uh whatever, one of the pie hoes or we're bringing back papaya punch or just something that, yeah. Just like a restaurant. I'll just have a nice little printout. Oh, bring back the papaya punch. She'll be out. Give us a couple months. And then Walt will have full production moms of them. Some things stay. Like some things come out. Like cookies and cream. We brought that back. It's still really good at making hash. So it's it stayed around Stain. to make and hash. Strictly, we have certain strains that are just predominant for our hash. Not for, you know, flour. Um, flour you know, a lot. Just like our rosin pens and just hash making. We have that list also. That's also really cool. That I, that's something that we have too. Like just a handful of strains, like you're saying, that are just for that purpose. We keep them in the vaults specifically for hash, and they get rotated out. Like when they get, um, like the the original papaya. Just they're bringing that back right now for hash, and everyone's extremely excited about that. The papaya pens should be really good. Yeah. How does uh, pheno hunting work at Jungle Boys? We have uh, dedicated um, facilities that strictly pheno hunt so they'll pop the seeds 100 seeds and from those 100 about we'll select the five top the baddest ones hitting all the boxes like either nose uh bag appeal color structure and then from those five they get ran again three times and then we'll select 
after the five, we'll select the top two. But sometimes we'll keep the five or we'll keep the three numbers just for further breeding projects. We like this. We liked how uh, this one grew out structure veg slower. So let's breed with that one. Um, let's keep this number as the top top one and put that in full production mode. Thousand cuts. How how many times do you run a keeper once you find out of that five? So no matter what, you're doing 100 seats. No matter. Yeah. Okay. And now out of the five, how many times do you run a keeper? Be three times. Three times flower three times. out. Flower out to, to know that that one is going to be the keeper that we're going to call. That's uh, Frosted Kush 26. Yeah. You know, yeah. Florida Kush number 10. Those yeah. are the ones. Yeah. Gator Breath 21. And then Those. they go to you. And I get Gator Breath 19. I get Gator Breath 17. I get its cousin. I get its brother. I get its sister. I get the Keeper Cut 21. And then I just got to keep them all. And then as, essentially they'll run them. And then they'll say, you know, like, hey, the Gator Breath is fun. We're done running it. Mike, do you still have it? I'll, I'll give him the thumbs up. If I give Walt the thumbs up, he'll just kill his whole row of moms. If I say, you know what? I have every other number but the one you guys had because you, you're running the full production rows. Walt will give me back a mom tray and we'll just reculture it. So the next time she comes out, she'll be good as new. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like our little, that's how the, the rotation goes down. And then also to be said is like the phenotyping, like those plants go into different facilities and they, they typically do better. Um, they typically do better in facilities. Um, well, I don't even know how best way to say this, but some phenotypes do better in facilities and then other phenotypes do better in other facilities. And it, it could just be, um, I mean, it could be a million things. Right? I mean, is it, it, could, it could be the, the lights. It could be yeah, the grower. It could be, it could be the, these rooms get colder. Yeah. So some of the strains, uh, like the hippie crasher number six, yeah. that one's grown really well at one of our facilities and the crew over there does like a phenomenal job and they know that plant, like the ins and out of it. Um, motor breath, like the factory, like kills that strain, like fucking murders it fucking every time. So those strains are specifically, uh, and that's my job, like as the nursery to distinguish that part, be like, yo, these strains go right here. These strains are over here, you know? And of curator, course, like the curator to give everyone like, <laughs> you know, the, the safe, like I want to run it. I want to run it. We have to figure out who runs it best. You know, we all follow an SOP. They do a phenomenal job at like growing the weed out to its maximal, you know, potential. But mm. some strains grow better at certain facilities. You know, yeah. and that's what it is. You guys are, uh, you guys are the foundation of Jungle Boys. I mean, yeah, like the backbone. Yeah. You guys are the backbone. I mean, the genetics, knowing where they go, who's gonna who's gonna grow them the best. You know, who the bank, yeah. uh, limited drops, you know, coming in, making those decisions, working with Ivan on those choices. Definitely. That's um, the foundation of Jungle Boys. Yeah, it's it, it could be a little stressful. I mean, like, that's the, everything you mentioned, because me and Walt do lose sleep over that shit. Like, I mean, Walt will, I'll think I'm going in there on a day where Walt's not there just to kind of like look out for his bed and he's there already. I'm like, what are you doing here? It's your day off. He's like, yeah, well these clones like what if one, what if one of them's dry <laughs> man i know that's why i'm here right now because I'm, I'm in the lab doing the exact same thing they can you can get like one you can get away for one day but on the next day you better be there they're not gonna wait for you yeah 
and that'll be the day where it's like bomb roots you know like that's the perfect like you know uh yeah how many lights are you guys running at uh at the nursery right now uh currently 300 300 not 300. including any of the leds yeah i have about 30 clone racks mm-hmm. so it's like almost it's over 200 clone leds and 300 uh 1000 watt uh double-ended uh hps and metal halide lights how many cuts are you guys usually averaging a, a month over there a month it's averaged about 20 to like thirty-five thousand. you guys what what is it about athena that you like the most it's clean I don't have to clean my, you know, like wash my, my batch tanks so often with other nutrients that we've used in the past. Um, it's super stable. Um, and I've just found after switching over like past years, uh, the plants generally all like all of the plants are green, you know, there's no leaf burning, anything like that. Um, it's a super simple, uh, nutrient line, you know, and it's efficient. You know what you're going to get every time. Yeah. Um, it works, works really well. He runs like a nice mid level EC. It's not too spicy, you know, and then everything in the whole facility is able to cater to just a nice, um, stabilized nutrient program. Uh, a lot of the growers will say like, well, I have this one plant and it needs like 3.5. You're like, really? And then someone will say like, yeah, well I have one. Then if you try to give it that, it'll melt, you know, it's, that's way too hot for it. And then Walt figured out a nice EC that all of the all of the genetics are running under one. I mean, it's like I think it's between two and two point five, or it's like two point four EC. Two point four. Two point four EC. But you're you're on blended line. Blended line for the grow for the nursery for the mother stock. Everything gets the grow blended line with okay. cleanse, um, and so that's just like a sweet uh, part where it's like we you know we're growing hundreds of these different uh strains and genetics and that 2.4 is just like across the board uh it's good for every genetic and you're going 2.4 ec grow athena blended for your moms using cocoa straight cocoa straight cocoa straight cocoa 10 gallon pots um no seven gallons my highest yeah and then you're feeding your 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 cuttings the bloom formula yeah that's right bloom what? core you proline proline yeah okay mm-hmm. um you you helped made the athena chart that's correct yeah, yeah. yeah. 2.1 ec 2.1 ec yeah a lot of text messages going back and forth with you like <laughs> in the past yeah. like two years yeah yeah to get um, that perfect yeah and that's like again we run so many different genetics from ogs to flavors to all Haze to Kush. All kinds. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, so which just, one's going to get me the roots, going to get me those fuzzy white roots at day 10, you know, what's going to hit it. So went through a lot of like R&D with that um, and found that formula works best. Yeah. We worked on that for how long? A few years now. For yeah. as long as it yeah. took. No, for as long as it took. That was yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. And Not a day fi- longer. You know? So like, I mean, it may, that, probably over a year, like a year and a half. Yeah. It's we worked, years, we sure. worked on that formulation for what we're going to feed, cl- what you are going to feed clones. Yeah. And we gave it away to the market. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, share everything, you know, a lot of success was built on this formula. So it's like, share it with the community. 
share it with the industry, it works. With that formula and the way you're you're running it, what's your what's your average success rate on on cloning? It's about ninety percent. Yeah, ninety percent success rate. He probably throws um, away the other ten percent though. I don't even. I think they would have probably rooted too. I mean, I they we throw away more healthy clones. I mean, just because they're unnecessary, you know, and they'll take the the first to root, they'll take the best, the strongest, and you end up with just collateral damage, and it's still beautiful. Yeah, I mean, we're... it's almost like you feel guilty, but at the same time, by calling things that aren't even sick, that's all good for the SOP and keeping a clean facility. You know, you're always just yeah. kind of like cleaning and picking the best of the best. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely put under the gun. Like, in 14 days, 14 to 16 days, it needs to leave nursery needs to go on to its next level, the veg, or right flower the, and guys. Or right in the compost. You know, so you're, like, you're 14 to 16, you're transplant. Transplant. It's yeah. already gone. It's out of the facility in yeah. 16 days. I mean, you I'm see a lot cuts. of guys that are doing 21 days. What do you think about that? I mean, it's all on your schedule. You know, if you want to veg longer, maybe if you want some longer clones. Taller but to be honest, um, it's the roots. As soon as they're busting out, you don't want a, a huge string of roots yeah because either you're just smashing all those in a six inch rocco cube or cocoa or something like that or it's just it's gets a rotten smell um yeah 14 to 16 is is our jungle boy benchmark on your ipm protocol i mean really what is like i've seen some pretty extensive ipm protocols what's yours it's pretty basic it's just uh we use ipm twice a week the product ipm yeah athena ipm athena, athena IPM. ipm yeah athena ipm and regalia once a month mm-hmm. um those are for preventative measures are you foiler feeding foliar Re- foiler only only not, it's yeah. not really a feed though is it it's more just like a foliar. i mean you're, you can feed regalia oh gotcha yeah but foliar is the best like with regalia with regalia yeah. yeah we've done it for many many years uh foliar feeding um foliar drenching I would say yeah. is that's what we do. Yeah. From top to bottom twice a week. With Athena IPM, how many MLs do you, are you usually? 90, 90, 90 MLs. MLs. Yeah. 90 MLs per gallon twice a week. Twice a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes it smell really festive too. It's got yeah. a nice cinnamon aroma <laughs> or clove or something. Yeah. Now on mother cycling, how often are you guys cycling out your moms? Like what's the oldest mom? So three to four months. Three to four is, months. Yeah, three to four months. Once the plant is uh, in a seven-gallon pot, it's already reached like, okay, this plant, it's going to grow up. It's going to mature. So three to, four, three to four months is my time frame. And that's like pretty much you'll get, uh, we'll get like two to three rounds of cuts off those moms um, just based on our production. Um, I don't keep, I don't like to keep moms very long after four months. Will we um, restart the same variety? If, if we want to keep the variety as a full production, they'll already have a mom tray working on it so that usually you're predicting like, Hey, these are, we're all going to kill these at four months or we're going to hit them really hard the last time he's already got the one gallons getting transplanted up. And, or again, if it's not something we're going to grow again for a while, they'll just kick back to the lab. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they get really large. You wouldn't even believe how big some of these plants are after four months. Um, they look like no, I've seen them. They're full-term massive. outdoor plants. Correct? Our shaping starts really young. Shaping the plant topping, we're constantly always topping uh, in one-gallon pots, you know, a four-inch pot yeah. constantly because that's the only way 
we're going to get those moms the size that we need them and like the production of cuts that we need. Um, we got to top, just always top. Do you think that having old moms is a cause of hop latent virus? Mm, no, yeah, but I think like it's that. like the older the plant, the more susceptible it could be just because of age, right? Or the amount of people who have touched it or the amount of people who have cut it with maybe um, dirty scissors. Dirty scissors or like sometimes really old plants are also moved from spot to spot. Like if you just, if you have a very clean facility and you have an old plant, um, I, I don't see it being any more susceptible to a disease than a plant you know, that's young. However, it's just not the most ideal situation for us at the nursery because we like to clone off of fresh new growth. And like with our moms being three to four months, they give us those juicy clones. They bleed when you cut them. The older a plant gets, since these are annual type plants, they tend to get woody. And like the woody clones are not really something we're after. You know, it's, um, it's, yeah. And like you said, like just the people think it's just the older plant, but you're just getting less desirable cells. You know, the older it is, just the the more those cells are old, the more they're beat up, and then you're better off with just a nice fresh clone. Do you think, um, I mean, you're running the tissue culture lab. Do you think that, I mean, is, does tissue culture cure hop latent virus? Um, there's a lot that's, there's a lot of people that's, that would believe meristematic culture does. There's also, um, right now for us, it's more anecdotal. We, we don't see dudding. We have a lot of flower rooms, we, but we also keep everything in-house. We don't accept cuttings from outside sources. Most of our plants are either run through the lab multiple times or they were started in-house from seed. So um, in regards to the virus, I'm not the best person to ask because we don't really send our material out for other people to third party either. Um, I do notice that the people with most viral issues tend to have issues in other departments of their facility as well though there's a lot of cross-contamination there's a lot of um, like issues in the flower rooms there's just a lot of problems with the sop so they like to run towards uh something to blame right and it's not like everything i'm doing is wrong there must be some one thing that's causing me to have all this failure instead like you could say well you got to really look at your how you're operating you know what i mean do you do you walk through the flower rooms and then go right and touch the clones? Do you, you know what I mean? Do you use the restroom and then not wash your hands? Like these are all things that make people sick. And it's just, it's easy to assume that these types of behaviors will also make your grow sick. Yeah. What, I mean, you're running the tissue culture. Lab. What, what types of tissue culture is there? Well, like you're going to see like micro micro propagation in general is kind of like cloning it's tissue culture it's uh making really small plants and that's also known as nodal tissue culture it's just basically taking a node off of a plant that has a growth shoot on it and then you're you're multiplying the plant from that growth shoot there's also um like meristematic culture and that's where you just take the um like the newest bud on that growth shoot and inside if you were to peel back all of the leaves you'll get this little kind of like an acorn and it's inside all of these like all the tips on your branches and if you remove everything and just pull the acorn out the leaves that were attached to the plant's vascular system are no longer a threat to you so if there was something kind of funky in the plant the meristem culture should grow out of i mean you should grow out of it through meristem culture the issues with meristem culture just it takes a very very long time so it's something you do if you don't know the source of the plant we kind of have an advantage at Jungle Boys because we can do a lot of micropropagation in addition to tissue, well, as a form of tissue culture because 
the plants have never left the facility. Some of the tissue cultured plants have never even left the lab. So it's really easy to get away with things like microprop and nodal propagation. And then some of the, um, the plants that leave full production will then put back into gels and try to get them as clean as possible. And in regards to like the virus, you can't really see a virus. So you'd have to go out and get these things tested, but you do see other things affecting cultures. So if you were to take a hundred tissue culture, uh, you know, Petri dishes or test tubes or whatever vessel you're using, and you were to plate out an example like Wi-Fi 43 or an older variety, you might not get a 90% success rate. You might get a 20% success rate. But the value of those 20% are they have none of the issues that the other 80% were showing um, in plating. And like, you'll see like yeast, you'll see nasty stuff when you plate out stuff. You'll see yellows, you'll see greens, you'll see blues, you'll see white molds, you'll see funky bacteria what took a long time for us the svtk yeah the ogs took a long time i just think they've been passed around the valley for a while you know like everyone's had a shot at them and then they end up with us it's like what's up well i mean you're saying that it took you a long time to get them to grow yeah so like the, the mimosas grew yeah. like crazy mimosa you just put it in the lab and it just grew roots out, out of everything yeah leaves grew roots but like the the SFETK, the Wi-Fi 43, we had to do two or three times before we can get a large enough culture to where I felt that they were um, worthy of bringing back out. So four times, you know, rotating them. Do a hundred of them, keep like three. And then like when those are big enough, try to do a hundred off of those three. hundred tissue cultures. To a little container. Three. Yeah. Well, that's all that, that's all that made oh it. God. I mean, some of them you'll do a hundred yeah. and all of them will make it. And then you're just picking on the ones that grow the fastest. You're like, wow, these all did really good. Um, I was on a good one that day and these ones now are growing so fast. They're going to pop the lid off the container. So I'm going to probably run with these ones and you'll kill the rest. Yeah. Either kill the rest or leave them behind us for something or mainly kill the rest. You're just focusing on the ones that are giving you the most uh, growth in the shortest amount of time. And that has nothing to do with the environment that those ones got. Maybe you got you're trying that you're trying your best to give them all the exact same environment. Yeah. So like, that's how, you know, cause like even in a room, one could be closer to a door. Right. But yeah. in the containers, in a room, you're you're trying to remove every single variable so you can just look at that thing and say, like, hey, nothing's picking on you. Like, so you're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. There's no aphids in here. There's no breeze. There's nothing. Yeah. You just you either go or you're going to get thrown out. So you determine a good a good clean genetic by the way it grows in the media. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if, if you saw failures versus ones that were successful, it's really easy to tell. I mean, like, like I said, you could plate something out and the whole thing turns bright green, glow in the dark the next day. And you'd be like, well, that's probably not the keeper. And then the one right next to it, the, the gel remains in, incredibly clear. The plant grows, you know, it's now it's got 15 heads. It needs you to either clone it or move it into another vessel or it needs you to give it to Walt. Um, but it's uh, like we were talking about before. It's kind of like a lot of people think you could put it in the container and then forget about it for two or three years, but that's not the reality. The reality is it's kind of growing and moving too. And once it gets to the lid of that container, you have to do something. Yeah. You're either going to let it pop the lid off or you're just going to, it's on you. So that's when you start to like, okay, here are my favorite ones. Now what do I do with all this material? You put them back into dishes and now you're going to end up like exponentially growing this collection of one thing. And so it's kind of a, a healthy little juggle, you know, but the what's nice with me and Walt is when they get big, I just simply ask Walt, Hey, what's going on with this one? And he goes, no one wants that. 
all right, that, fair enough. You know, like I'll just yeah. cut it back, close the lid, keep it on the, it on the shelf, the back on the shelf. Yeah, yeah. keep it in the vault. You, uh, you've been with Jungle Boys before they were doing tissue culture. That's correct. Yeah. So you, you've seen the difference. Do you see a huge difference in the way the plant grows being from tissue culture compared to non-tissue culture? A lot of our older genetics. Yeah, I do. Yeah. What do you see? More vibrant, juicier stalks, um, rapid growth. That's what I noticed a lot. Like when I first, uh, uh, was brought into the nursery and then we're redoing the catalog. Mike was working out and then like shooting me the mimosas and the Wi-Fi 43 and the SFVTKs. I was like, whoa, like this is, uh, looks like a different plant almost, you know, yeah. it's just like almost looks like from seed. Yeah. The feedback that you get from the the flower facilities, are you getting feedback that you're hitting more yield? Are you hitting higher THC? I mean, is there... I mean, that plays a part in it, you know? But again, uh, to Mike's point, like, the conditions of the environment also have to be optimal, you know? Um, it's just not like if you just TC a plant and you think, okay, cool, it's yeah. TC'd, I'm going to throw it in my grow room. And then you're like, what? Where I'm not hitting this crazy yield or like... I'm still, the plant still looks dirty, you know, but like, yeah. well, it wasn't because of TC, it was your grow rooms, you know, or your nursery program. So for us, yeah, we've seen some crazy things happen, like the Skunk 91 VA, where it's like, well, this plant was ran 10 years ago, and now it's TC'd, and now, like, this is Skunk 91 VA, like, it looks like a complete different bud, you know, the packs are just, like, beautiful, yeah. yeah, so it's we had to feed it, full strength mom food too. It. That was another thing we had to. There was a little bit of a learning curve because they weren't eating the clone food right out of the gate. They had to. We had to feed them like 2.4 EC in a four inch pot, like a little one inch tall plant. But then you'd get like full size leaves in a four inch pot. And as soon as we started, you just, why, just kinda, why do you think that is? They're ready to go. They're just old. They're old cells. They just look small, you know. And they've been in the lab for quite some time. And you think you need to treat them like. Um, you think you need to be extremely fragile, but once they're hardened off, they're just like a regular clone, you know, ready like you could, ready to go. Yeah. Feed it. Yeah. Now I've, I've been in a lot of jungle boys, uh, rooms, bedrooms, flower rooms, mom rooms, and I've never seen hop latent virus ever. And so there's gotta be something with me either. Yeah. And I've, I've been with jungle boys for seven years. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. never seen hop lane. Yeah, but like we were talking about earlier as well, it's I don't like to think it's just one thing. I love to say that TC Lab helps a lot. It's part of our IPM program. You know, like having the TC Lab attached to the nursery is a really cool tool because now we could we have that option. We have the option of cataloging. We have the option of of like kind of holding something back and like observing it a little bit more. Um, but the, all the protocols, like all the SOPs, like all of the even the movement and the flow of the nursery, I think comes into play it's there's no one particular thing like there's we have like boot mats as soon as you walk in no one from outside the facility is allowed in the facility like in the lab itself less than five people have ever been in there i mean we just have like these um some of my own nursery crew have never even been in the lab yeah people who've worked you know, there for so years like, have never even been in the lab we just and it's all but all of that's together and we kind of just like um like when we had our fire marshal expansion, exp, uh, ex, all the inspections, we made those guys suit up. Like you're putting on hair nets, you're putting on your boots, 
They're like, really? I'm like, yeah, well, where do you think you are? Like, right. yeah. I get it. You're here to check the sprinklers. Well, we're here to grow the cleanest plants we can. Yeah. You know, and like, it, I don't know where you just came from, you know, like, and just came from another grower, but not just me who thinks that way. Now it's kind of like the whole team at the nursery. And we almost act like that hive mentality where it's, we have a job. It's to keep these things safe, like watering. That's part of safety, but also like not letting bullshit and through the door. That's a big part of safety as well. Yeah. Like we don't leave the door, like you'll never have the front door open and a grow room door open. You'll never have, I mean, like even our bathroom doors aren't, they'll never, there's just a lot of cool things that have just been compartmentalized in the flow of our building that allows us to be separate, but together, you know, and um, I think we're going to. No, but that's, I mean, that brings me into another thing. You guys are completely disconnected from any flower facility. You are your own hub, you're your own building. How important do you think that is? Super important just because the flower rooms will attract like that fruit. It will attract more bugs, you know, and infestations like that. You don't want any of that connected to the nursery, right? Your, where your mother plants are. And now we do have facilities that are, uh, that do have smaller, you know, uh, mother plants for their genetics and ran. And so their SOPs and their like measures are a little higher, you know, before like entering that room, you're spraying yourself down. You know, a lot of those guys don't leave that area to work in the flower rooms. And if they do, they're like changing scrubs and certain things like that. Why? You said that bugs are more attracted to flowering plants. Why? Because they're sweeter. They're the the bud itself is like the fruit. Mm -hmm. And they smell. So like you could smell a grow from a mile away probably. I mean, you could, human could probably smell a grow from. Well, I don't know how far, right? You know, a quarter of a mile or something if, it, if the breeze is right. And but soaking a, the bugs. But right. a bug could smell grow right. from probably 10 miles away. A bug will be able to smell a flower room like way, especially the ones that are supposed to eat cannabis flowers. They've been evolved to hunt that stuff, right? So they're like, man, that smells sweet over there. So we have the advantage of just being a nursery. We're locked down. We don't smell like flowering plants. We don't give off like these wonderfully sweet odors to insects, to anything else. And then also... There's issues with flowering plants where like that's at the end of the plant's life cycle. Like it's got like one foot in the grave. It's like that's when you see things like botrytis or you'll see things like, you know, like bud, like these are bud rots. Yeah, yeah. You'll see these types of things that affect really old plants that are kind of like they need to be harvested or like. So by separating the things that affect the older plants from the issues that affect the newer plants, you can pretty much just eliminate a lot of the problems. It's vital. Yeah, yeah. We, we found it's vital. And like like you mentioned, we're like a little bit of a backbone. I think of it kind of like a heart, you know, like we're pumping out. We just have to pump out the nicest, cleanest stuff because it's going to go into our flower rooms. So if we have a bad mom, that doesn't just affect one flower room. That affects all the facilities that the nursery feeds. So it's in our best interest and like pretty much everyone's best interest for us to just kind of like lock that down. And we have a nice veg facility. We don't really there's. I don't think we've ever flowered a plant in there. I think we're allowed to R&D something, but I don't, we've never done it. No chance. Yeah, just like mother stock. Only mothers. Yeah. How long can you keep a TC? Indefinitely. Um, you, but a t- it takes work, like we mentioned. It's not something where you can put in a container and then hope in 99 years that, that gel sustained it for that long. You can make gel recipes that will grow a plant over two or three years, and you could leave something in a container that long, or you can have... Um, callus cells which you can um, cryofreeze but that's more on the r&d experimental um, side of things but those can go those are the indefinite so you can freeze a tissue culture yeah but the 
I'd be lying if I said I could be the one to rejuvenate this thing. It's like more of that. If you're going to cryo-freeze a bunch of stuff right now, if you have a lab and your interest is cryo-freezing callus cells, you're kind of doing a, a service to the future. You know, like you're hoping that just like Walt Disney's brain, you know, like or whatever, you're hoping that someone's going to come up and be like, you know, I have a really good recipe for um, shooting callus cells. Um, right now, we could, it's easy, it's really easy to create a bunch of callus cells and it's really easy for me to manipulate them and cause them to grow by themselves but I've never been able, I could root them. I've had trouble shooting them myself. So until we have protocol for shooting the callus cells, it's, we could just freeze them and hope that someone else could figure it out. Um, but typically speaking, a lot of people believe you could put something in a test tube and leave it alone. And that's just not the case. They grow. And it, if you're doing it right, it's going to pop the lid off or it's just going to grow so big it rots or it runs out of food in the gel or you say someone's got to be there to clone it again. And But you, a certain gel that you can make. Yeah. You can leave a tissue culture for two years. Yes. You could easily make a two-year gel. You can make... Not uh, touch it. Not touch it. And the when I first started doing this, and this is like back 10 years ago, when I first started doing this, I was um, really discouraged by these, like, by these things. I was discouraged by like a really slow growth rate, and I was discouraged by a high contamination rate. And so... Now that I've matured a little bit in the game, I see that a high contamination rate, if you did everything else right, was probably a dirty plant, you know? And now you're like, oh, wait a minute. So when all those failed, maybe that wasn't me, you know? And now the ones that succeeded, those are way more special because of the failure rate. Like the 10 or the whatever we're talking about, the like, you know, that smaller, um, that smaller section is now more, you know, special to you because of how many failed. You're like, wow. So these were the only pieces that made it. Let me focus on them. Or, um... It's just kind of a, with the slow growing, like you'd watch that grow and you're like, you know, I want, everyone wants instant gratification. So I was, I was really hoping that I'd come in the next day and that would be twice as big. But now you're like, wait a minute, isn't it kind of cool that that same one's still alive from two years ago? And it's like, it just barely grew. So I could actually clone off of it now a year later. Well, and you're like, it's small, but it's alive, you know? And like, and um, that's the whole point of micropropagation. And it's like, now you could build an, an SOP around a container that lasts two years. You could leave a mom in a gel and actually forget it. But I, I say that like, you can't actually forget it, obviously, but I could still keep you up at night. You showed me a container that you had been working on for three years. Easily three years, maybe even, yeah, easily three years. Three years working on this one container and you had to throw it away. I had to throw it away. So every time you open them, it's scary. Like, even if you know what you're doing, it's like, this has been in here and it's never been rotted and everything's perfect. And it's been three years. So now I'm going to open it up and hope that everything, hope that I could just take everything out of there, put it in its own container. And then like, uh, sure enough, it failed. And then I just, yeah, it was just a rotted container. And when things fail, like I mentioned earlier, it's quite obvious. There's no like, Hey, do you think this one's sick? It's like the whole container is white mold. The whole container is neon green. There's just, there's no three years of work gone, done gone but that's why you do hundreds of them but i mean that's the beauty i mean i admired that i was like i threw it out i threw it out you're like keep that and i was like i i didn't want to keep that through that shit out keep it for candy cribs not gone gone i showed walt i said hey they want to keep this for we have some other i mean just because i think i admire that you know just because three years of work it hurts yeah it hurts you know we could we could bring it up because keep talking about it that's cool You're like Mike, you, just, you said you worked on that for three years, and then yeah. something you did caused it to. <laughs> oh shit! What was it exactly? You know, and the thing is, I I won't. I'll never know because the ones other ones I did that day succeeded. So like, why did that one give? Ah, 
definitely my fault. I mean, like, yeah. that's how that goes. You know, like, you could only, a professional can't blame his equipment. Just got to let it ride. Let it ride. That one's riding in the trash. Sorry for bringing it I up. I mean, the can- that's <laughs> riding in the cannabis waste. Um, doing, like, at-home tissue culture for a lot of these guys that, that want to, you know, get into it. What do, what's the equipment list needed to do tissue culture? Like um, you, that's a must you have to have. So I started with mushroom culture. So like a lot of the mushroom guys are able to get away with murder at home, but the mushroom culture could be a little more forgiving. Cause like mushrooms are, they're like a, an aggressive organism. So like if you have a little bit of contamination, a mushroom can almost eat the contamination. Whereas tissue culture with like with cannabis, it's such a little like fickle, whatever. Yeah, go ahead. So the, um, I, you know, again, like I, I had all these good SOPs for my mushroom culture and they were cool for at home. And then as soon as I started incorporating cannabis, I realized like, Oh wait. So like one thing I needed right away was a better flow hood. So like something that would push clean air towards your workspace. Um, these don't have to be incredibly fancy, but you don't want to skimp out too bad because this is where you're doing all of your sterile work. So if you get a bad flow hood or you, whatever, you get the idea. If you don't have a clean work surface, good luck having a clean work surface. Um, then another tool you'll need is like a, an autoclave. Um, an autoclave is the scientific term for like a pressure cooker. I mean, people at home will use a pressure cooker and that's your, that's the sterilized. You'll use a pressure cooker and then your workspace is your flow hood. So now it's kind of like up to you. Like how dirty are those plants? So, um, hypothetically speaking, you get these plants from your friend and they're just like, they have like bugs crawling on them as you say, like they're webbed. Let's say they're all yeah, webbed up, yeah. right? Your friend hands you this webbed bag. He's like, I don't know what happened. I think my pH is off. I got <laughs> spider webs growing on my clones and they're all spotted. You're like, well, I don't think that's your pH, but we're going to give this a shot. So like something like that, you would need to take those clones and probably do, um, probably put them in a container that's not going to affect your grow. Right. And then you, from there, you would just need to find a container that you can safely sterilize and then um, uh, a nice workspace. Like, so at home you could probably get away with just a few, like people use baby food jars. I think at home you can get away with a few containers, a pressure cooker and a, and a sterile workspace. But um, having done it for a long time, you'll realize that all the, it's just like the SOPs, all of the other small stuff is what makes the big difference. You can have the nicest equipment and still like cross-contaminate your, your processes. You can have the best flow hoods and still like, not understand how to autoclave right you know and you can have you could have the nicest of everything and still not do it good yeah so it's what is your success rate on um that's gonna be that's gonna be plant dependent like we were talking earlier the mimosas crushed i think like i just had to throw away good ones you know i was just kind of like this one's exploded like the, the the rooting and the growth is just the best out of the lot maybe filled the whole vessel and then um on on the plants that grow really good, like I said, a super high success rate, but we're still only keeping maybe the best third, best quarter of them, sometimes the best one. And then like those older OGs or the Wi-Fi's or the stuff we did right, right out of the gate, those ones had a very low success rate. But like we mentioned, and it got better and better. Yeah. You you don't, you can't get discouraged by it. Like a, if before, when I wasn't as professional, I would have, I would have been like, what am I doing wrong? And I would have still, I would have kept trying and kept failing and I would have probably thrown away the, the one or two that succeeded too. I would have assumed the whole batch is bad, but you don't really know what's going on with that plant. Cause there's, there's sometimes like, uh, there's like vector disease. So imagine you have a mom and like, 
Like there's thrips on the left side of the plant because they brushed off someone's coat. Well, like maybe the thrips have the have some kind of a disease and they're chewing on your plant. So now like there's something that's cruising from wherever the thrips are towards the stem of your plant. So you go to take your clones for tissue culture and you don't know like, did I get this from the left side of the plant or the right side? You just take all of them. And then you go to plate them out and for some reason, half of them are bad. And you're just like, huh, that's interesting, you know? And you can sit there and go like, well, what is it that caused the other half to be bad? But we don't even do that anymore. I throw them out and I keep moving. There's a whole like group of people who love to just take those bad containers and like open them up and try to explore what made this bad. You know, like what, what mold is this that made my plants bad? And they don't even realize that that's like a, that's like disrespectful to your workspace, even your lab. Like if you, if I have something that's that rotten that I'm afraid of it, I'll throw it in the autoclave. I mean, you'll throw it in like a sterilizer and just shut it and melt it back down to, to clean like opening anything like that in the facility where you also do your clean work is like a liability, not only to your employer, but your lab space itself. And like, for me, it's just me in the lab, unless I have Walt to help me out sometimes, but it's just me. So like the things I do outside of work, I realize how they affect me inside work. So like the things you do inside your work obviously affect you inside your work too, you know? So if I go to my, I've never even really been to a grow since this nursery because I like know work, it's a liability. We have so many clean plants and this is like an oasis, you know, one bug would, would kill to be in that room. The perfect temperatures, the healthiest moms, you know, they're on great diets. They got, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it would kill to be in that room. And a lot of the people we work with don't even know what the bugs look like. So me and Walt will walk through and be like, Hey, if you ever see a spot on a leaf, let me know. If you ever see this, let me know. But we've been such, we've had such good protocols, keeping that thing, keeping things away. We don't even wear outside shoes inside. We treat it more like like work that you're trying to keep clean. How long has it been since you've had a bug? It's been a while. It's been a while, like the nursery, like a long time. It probably took two years to see a bug Um, and Walt killed the whole row when we saw one little thing. Yeah. You know, it's been a few years. You didn't see a bug for two years. Nothing. Like not even a cricket inside. Like we're talking in an... an Savage. And I'm telling everyone like, this is insane. And they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, I'm telling you this is insane. Like this is the cleanest nursery I've ever seen. And I see, I run the lab. You know, and we kind of just like, that's been the, that's been the bar. And so like, we just haven't dropped the bar. If anything, we've raised it. And so it becomes like, like the nursery guys are specialized, you know, like the flower guys could come over and they see what we're doing, but they just don't see it how we see it. You know, we see them as a, as a liability. They come over (laughs) to help and we're like, oh, did you already go to work today though? They're like, yeah, why? Oh man, they didn't tell you to come here first, you know, like, oh, Yes. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's the foundation. Yeah. I there, mean, that's, that's, you're sending all those clean genetics to every single Jungle Boy facility in Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, we want to be on top of it, you know? And yeah. so when we get visitors, visitors, they're even like looking around, they're like, dude, this is so clean. Like, how is it? And I'm like, stay on your IPM and we feed cleanse. And don't touch the plants and right now. Yeah. Like, like, I'm watching you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't walk down my rows. Don't walk down uh, my rows. That's know? how we do it. Yeah. Um, do you think it's important for every facility to have a lab? No, I think there's like those other protocols we were talking about first. So. Like if you go into a spot and they don't have a good nurse, if they don't have a good mother room and they don't have good flower rooms, that's where they should be spending their energy and their effort. Like what's wrong with my flower rooms? What's wrong with my mother rooms? Then once those rooms are capable of producing nice flower and they're pr- capable of producing nice mothers, now you can ask the question, Hey, what if I get a lab? 
because I already like this. I already like what's going on. Can I make it any better? That's where the lab comes in. It doesn't come in like, like Walt said, like, I can't get anything to work. I must have a virus. I must need a lab. And you're like, man, but like, look at your flower. What are you feeding? You know, well, oh, this row, this row needs 3.5 EC. This row gets 1.2 EC. You know, this row's hand water. This row is only foliar feed. You know, like, you're just like, wow, man, like, you're all over the board. Like, you need to figure out at least one thing, then move to the next thing and figure that out. Yeah, instead of a facility being like, oh, we're having all these problems, we're having all these virus, let's get a lab. Let's pay, let's send all of our stuff out to a lab. And then by the time that comes back, hopefully, right, if it even comes back, by the time that comes back, then our flower rooms are good. Like, but what did you do in the meantime? Like you didn't, you sent your stuff out for someone else to like pass the buck. Right. And then you didn't even fix your flower rooms or you didn't even fix the problem. Like, uh, way back when we were like, Hey, what are you going to, if I hand you these clones, where are they going to go? You know, like if I hand you these plants and like even Walt's like that now, like I know these clones are perfect. Like, do you want me to follow them to the rooms? Cause we know what's good. And if you hand a, a good clone to a bad flower room, like if they already have root aphids, PM, like we don't have any of these issues, but assuming that you built a lab and you're one of the grows that can't keep up with anything, the tissue culture is not going to save you. You could put as many clean plants into a dirty room as you want. They're just going to get dirty, dirty, dirty. cross contamination. Yeah. yeah. And like a lot of people, like I get a lot of DMs that are like, if I only had a lab, I'm like, man, that's not what you need. I can see your Instagram right now. You're like, yeah, you need a whole new set of growers, you know, you need to clean that yeah. room, you need to reset that mom room or something, you know. So. Right, right. It doesn't and start with the lab. It doesn't start with the lab. It ends no. with the lab. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And we use the lab as like, we use IPM. Like we use the lab as a tool for the nursery. And that's kind of like its own version of a flex. Because a lot of people right now want to say like, we have a lab, so get ready. Because, you know, in five years, we're going to have good bud finally. You know, and instead we're like, hey, we've already been doing that. And now we just want to make sure our stuff's even stronger and better for the people who already appreciate it. Like they didn't need to have a lab. But now that we do, we can standardize the product even more. And like yeah. with a cannabis plant and with a, any kind of plant, for instance, it's hard to standardize it because it's growing. So like the best we can do is like give them the clones that all look the, like while calling the ugly ones that are bent or whatever. Like the best we can do is give you a thousand of the exact same thing. It's already been topped on the exact same day. Here's a thousand of them. Enjoy. You know, and then the flower guys put them in and they follow the exact same protocol. So th- by doing that, we standardized the, the, the end result the best we could, you know, because all of the clones are coming from one spot. And we agree that the health is as high as we can get it so that when they go to the flower room and they keep it that way, the end resulting flower ends up being the same every single time or as close as we can. Yeah. And start it's like, with success. Right, right. You have to start. You have to start good to end good. Yeah. What's your thoughts on TC consultants? Um, there's a few good ones and there's a lot of bad ones, you know? So like, there's a few people who have hit me up like that have claimed that I've helped them. And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't do any consultations outside of work. So if you think I've helped you, you got scammed. And like some bigger people were like, damn, I got scammed and he took all my shit. And I'm like, why didn't you ask me? Well, cause you know, I don't know. Well now we're here. Right. Yeah. So like, there's a, a lot of the best ones are actually in spots. You know, if you're really, really good at what you do, someone will find a value in your work and they'll want you to be on their team. Um, there's also like, I don't know, man, like, for, you know, like I said, for every good, it's a big risk because you're giving them all your genetics. You're giving them like a key to the castle. They could come and just rob you blind. They can just clone all your stuff. They can just keep it. Uh, 
a good way to know if they're good is if they're following uh, Mike Hydro. Like if, if the guy's already following, <laughs> following Mike, Mike Hydro, he he's probably pretty straightforward. You know, he's a good, he's a straightforward shooter. You know. Oh shit. Um, what do you think about the Jungle Boy seed releases that that you guys have been doing? Fire, fire, yeah. fire! Don't sleep on them. Don't sleep on those packs. Don't sleep on those crosses. Um, I can't believe they got released. That's what we're supposed to talk about. So like. We have these cuts and they've been coveted and they've been um, like, like we have the nursery, like I talked about, and no one's even allowed in the door because we have all the cuts, right? And then like they're working on the seed line. I'm like, what are we crossing? Oh, like one of our best cuts to all of our other best cuts. All tissue cultured. Oh yeah, we tissue cultured every single mom for that. And then they like pheno hunted all of the males in a huge flower push out. And then on top of that, hand selecting all the males, tissue culturing all the moms. They then like, did the most insane crosses like uh, the TKBX cross. We crossed it to like all of the heavy hitters. And then I was looking at that, like, wow, the TKBX to perfect OG, these look better than the perfect OG, but we're going to sell the seeds, but we will never give anyone a perfect OG cut, you know? And then you see people growing the seeds and they're finding phenos that are just as good as ours. And, you know, and to that being said, good for them. That's like, we released it and that's for the people like go find that cool stuff. Like a funny little story is I had a friend come out right around the time we, we did a seed drop. And he said, um, you know, um, I don't want to, I don't want anything for free, but, uh, what's, what's a good one to buy? I'll go to the store myself. And I, I, so I, I know I hit up my friends who are at, at jungle boys. I go, Hey, my buddy's hitting up the shop. He's there right now. He doesn't need a handout. He just wants to know what's looking good. And my homie, what at, the best, uh, best Fino is. what's looking good. There's like five packs to buy, you know, and he's not a huge, whatever, but we, my friend was like, um, oh, tell them this one. These are all looking really, really good. They're testing really good. We're going to have three or four keepers. So I tell him, hey, that's the one. He goes, thank you very much. You know, Mike, I appreciate it. Um, I'll let you know when I pop them and all that. I haven't heard from him. Then all of a sudden we drop that and they're on t-shirts. It's on Instagram. It's in eights. My friend hits me up asking for a cut. And I was like, whoa, firstly, you know, I'd never, ever do that. And secondly, those are the same seeds same that you cross. bought. And I told you, all you had to do was grow them. If you grew them, you'd be reposted. You'd be right at the same age developing as ours. Because we're like Walt said, we run the things three times before we release it. So he had inside information, still didn't do anything with it. You know, it's just kind of a... So he didn't even pop those seeds. Didn't even pop the seeds. I bet they're still on like whatever. You know, and then he's the type of guy who will go out and buy a cut. Like, is that even the... You know what I mean? Get cut fished or yeah. whatever. Like... My, my my dad hit me up and he's like oh my dentist just bought it. you guys did a clone drop in chicago and i was like no we didn't and he's like yeah my dentist bought a ten thousand dollar jungle boy clone and i was like what is it called just because i was just you know just yeah. my dad and he told me the name and it was nothing we've ever ever grown and i'm like <laughs> i'm like we've never grown that and he's like yeah but you guys did a clone sale in chicago and there were ten thousand dollars for the clones Damn. and i said dad we've Damn. never we've never so do a clone. somebody's making it come but up. when i told Kill him we'd me. never sell clones he's like oh no you've never sold clones i go no jungle boys does not sell clones and he's like i gotta call my dentist like, well, <laughs> you gotta call your dentist then dad i guess what's uh on those crosses, what do you think the best females you've ever dropped? I mean, what do you think the best cross you guys ever done? I mean, I like the the TK uh, BX one crosses. You know, those are like super fire. I'm an OG guy, so I like that. You know, the, the jungle cake, breath. the jungle cake male, and the Mike Larry male are also really, really good. So, like, seeds can be subjective, yeah. right? Like, who knows what everyone likes, but 
what you can do is you can look at like the mail used on the TKBX mail, the Jungle Cake mail, and the uh, Mike Larry mail. Anything that you already like in the Jungle Boy catalog, if it's like Mimosa or if it's, you know, you know, name of a huge, you know, whatever the whatever Jungle Boy strain you're already into, whether it's an OG or a flavor, anything crossed to that mail is going to be really good for you. How do you know if a mail is good? Well they breed with them. So like in addition to that huge male flower out that they did, which is, I've never even heard of this. Like a lot of people, I've never seen breeders do this, but they literally at work, we had a whole flower room of male plants and then they got to go through and select like at week eight. They chose the best. They flowered them all the way through. Is it, how many, room. how many, how many lights did you guys flower? Like males? a whole flower room, this like a big a ass 70, no, 70 light flower yeah. room of males. All males. Yeah. yeah all males. And then like, That's, I remember fucking gangster no yeah. one does that no one does that and then they hand selected like 50 out of there and those are the ones those are some of those 150 that i have are the original selections from those and then like um those are just chilling for when we want to do back crosses on the original lines but the new mike larry lines are insane like i don't know if we've even dropped those seeds they're the mike uh, larry crosses yeah, came the first, out like they mike, came out mike cherry any of those. All those. So like whatever he yeah, crossed. Mike, like I called Ivan. He said Mike Larry Sunset was like some of the one of the best crosses. Yeah, for sure. So you understand. That's so if on Sunset, my list. If Sunset's That's in your, list. In your production. vein of. Yeah. Oh, we're growing that one right now? Yeah. What, so, are, they, what are they called? The it's Mike, Mike Larry. Cherry. There's the Mike Larry. Mike Larry Sunset Cross. Yeah. And then you have, I've given a bunch of them out. Um and there's a bunch of Mike Larry crosses. So they're out there. No, yeah. that's that. That's the latest mail. So like anything, anything that he was crossed with, anything that the Jungle Cake was crossed with, and then anything that the TK back cross. So like, if you like the Sunset Mike Larry, you'll probably like the Jungle Cake Sunset as well. Yeah. Like you know that then. So with those males, um, in addition to being flowered out, they were. There's other males that were used to cross to those same females, but the standouts were the TKBX male, the Mike Larry male, and the Jungle Cake male. And like, there's nothing that even if they flower and they look incredible, it's all about what they do to the the progeny. Or you know, like so you have a Mike Larry male, and even though he grew huge buds, what if you crossed him to something and none of the seeds even germinated? So like that's just you have healthy seeds and you have this Mike Larry male that's pretty gassy, you know? So the things that he was crossed with made really nice, um, kind of cushy selections. And these, uh, the, the favorite, you know, the favorite moms that people have already grown up to like, they could like imagine what a Mike Larry would do to that sunset sherbet or a Mike yeah. Larry would do to a mimosa. And, yeah. And so it's kind of like for us seeing it from like the inside perspective, it's really kind of crazy that we've released these things and that anyone can just buy them because for the longest time they were so, um, so I don't know, coveted. coveted and so like, yeah. what's the word? Yeah. They're given protected, it. You know? I mean, it's out there. It's I out mean, there. Yeah. It's, it's just, you got to pop it. You yeah. got to do the work for sure. And like we do all the work, you know, yeah. hundred seeds, pheno hunts, you know, we're selecting those. And those are the top ones. I know. And anyone who asks, I advertise those seeds. I'm like, you just get those seeds. Like you really want, just get them. They're really good. Like you could be at the same. You'll find some keepers, even if you pop like 25. Yeah. You know, there's for sure some gems in there. Um, for sure. You'll find one. You, you guys are popping the same exact seeds that you're selling. Yes. Yes. We might be like a little bit ahead of you, but yes. What do you mean ahead of you? We test. We're testing We're them before test they the get seeds. released. So like they're gonna already ha- they're gonna already grow the seeds and make sure that all of them are really good. Like uh, like Walt said, for the TKBX, I had to go and get for the lab. I had to go and collect samples from the room they're they're phenotyping. And when I walked into the flower room, 
I went, oh my gosh, how will you know which one's a keeper? Because the whole room looks good. And he's like, right? Right? Like, look at this number. And then every number he showed me was better. And I go, what is this? And he's like, this is all the Topanga TK. I'm like, man, that's insane. Like, what's this row? He's like, that's the perfect OG crossed to the TK. I'm like, well, they all look like almost clones. I mean, we're talking about, you. it looked like they were clones off of a keeper already. But then when you get into it, there's like the subtleties, you know? And I'm like, man, if this is the lot that came out of what you guys, they just ran the females. If this is the lot, that guy... It was a stud because like if he can take a, an old OG and turn everything into these towers, like that has a lot of power to it, you know? And so they, they ran these things a few times and then dropped the seeds. And so like, just like the story set, like they already had a good idea what seeds were doing good. It was like having inside info, you know? And you guys, who's test, who's flowering their seeds before they're selling their seeds. I mean, you're supposed to, right? If you're I a mean, good breeder, you're supposed to. And a lot of that. people, yeah, a lot of people thought that we just dropped these things, but so much effort went into them. Like, an incredible amount of effort. More effort than I've seen any breeder. Like, I mean, I've personally seen any breeder. I can't say, you know, like, but to flower the whole room out like that of males, to, to run keepers two or three times, to, like, if you saw the amount of people that went into just getting the keeper cuts, you know, it's just an insane amount of it's effort. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of communication. Yeah. And our guys, all our, like, cultivation sites do a phenomenal job. Yeah. Like, at all this, keeping everything organized. It's the most important thing. Yeah. It's like, don't lose that, don't lose that cut, you know? So yeah, everyone yeah. is really like on it straight up. Popping all the, the, the crosses, finding out if they're fire, then selling the seeds and then picking phenos from those crosses that you popped, but not releasing the seeds until they're verified. Yeah, no, the seeds were very well verified yeah. before they were released. Um, like by the time they were dropped, we already had a a good idea of the number keepers. Like we probably knew that like five or six, we had them narrowed down. We weren't like, we know the one of one yet, but we had a really good idea that all of these would have, could have been keepers. Like uh, pretty much, like I said, anything in that row, someone would have been happy with. But when you have all that to choose from, you get to be even more selective. Is it the, like, do you think it's a combination of why you guys get so many keepers on your crosses, on your, on your seed crosses? Is it, is it the male? Is it the growing conditions? Is it the tissue culture? Is it all of it combined? I feel like it's all of it combined. Yeah. And the attention to detail and the guys who are dusting it, you know, like everything, you know, there's no one, there's no one thing. Everyone really kicks ass. I mean, it's compounded. I mean, you have excellent growing conditions. You have tissue culture, you know, from the beginning. Then you pheno hunted your males. I mean, what you, you have just balanced line. I mean, it's it's all in one. And then you're getting these just insane success rates. They and, could buy the same fertilizer yeah. we use and you can buy the same seeds that we're growing. Right. Lights too. And like, so someone in a four by four tent could literally find a better keeper than us. And like, it's almost like that beauty of like a baseball cards, you know, and like when you're ripping open the packs, you just don't know. And like, yeah, you exactly. don't, you don't know. And like, we, we have a lot of real, I mean, and if they do, if you do find a keeper better than us, just hit us up. You know, I'm sure we could figure something out. But the uh, the the amount of power that's in those seeds is incredible. And like we were saying, the Mike Larry crosses, I have a really good feeling for them because they're just starting to come down. But everyone's talking about them, and like yeah. we and the, yeah, we we popped a punch. The I people who are talking about them saw yeah. the TK crosses and they saw the Jungle K crosses. So it's almost like the bar, like I said, the bar keeps getting raised. Yeah. No, I I've I've known Ivan a long time. And I've never even asked for a cut, you know, and I'll never get a cut, you know, but I'll pop the seeds and run them, you know, I I never got a cut, you know, so 
Um, but I know all those, all those packs are fire. Yeah. So I'm just popping and, and going, you know, and doing my own pheno hunts. On the media that you guys use for tissue culture, I mean, what's your thoughts? Are you going to drop that or what? Are we going to come out with something or what, Mike? We make everything. I've always made the media in-house. Um, but I mean, like we, we give it away? But like we mentioned before, uh, that would be really cool. That would be a really cool product for someone to have at home, maybe already made media. But as we currently stand, nothing leaves the lab. Not a recipe, not a paper towel, not a toothpick. So like... Like you mentioned, no cuts, no nothing, no anything. So like I just drew the line at nothing leaves the lab and like a recipe is, is obviously included. But if we could talk Ivan into it, if what yes, would you do? We could probably work something out. I think that would be a really good option for someone at home who doesn't necessarily want to go like full bore, but they want to start to get into the uh, the realm of storing their own things. But uh, yeah, no, that's on you, Brandon. How many skews would you make? So you did two. <laughs> Come on. It'd be blue for sure. What number would the barcode say? <laughs> like if you had to have how many numbers in the barcode? I mean, so, I mean, helping out these growers at home, say you guys got, you guys got, you, we have some guys at, at home because at, th- at Athena, like we're yeah. always trying, trying to do what's best by the grower, you know, and we're always trying yeah. to help cultivators become successful. I mean, that's our, that's our, that's our mission. 100%. Right. And, yeah. um, when we can give out a media recipe to do tissue culture at home, I mean, that's pretty badass. Yeah, it's something that's that's plausible. And like I said... Am I going to get you in trouble right now? <laughs> nah, I think you're good. <laughs> 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 what am I, I going to say to that? Uh, no, that's not... Like I said, that's on you. That's on you. I could, I could facilitate what I'm allowed to, but right now, like, the lab's pretty... It's a pretty closed book. Um, Okay, say if Athena did drop a media, okay, and it would drop a media for rooting and a media for long-term storage. Okay, so hypothetically speaking, if Athena dropped a media, then what? Well, I'm just asking. Yeah, yeah, no, it's physically possible. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, and I think it would be a really cool product. I think a lot of people could benefit from it. Uh, will Athena drop a media? I guess that's for the future to determine. What two medias would you drop? <laughs> uh, both probably custom blends. One would be like a bright blue one, if I had to guess. And I, and then one might be like a, a white or a red, maybe like a charcoal-based media. Could you make a media, like we were talking about earlier, you know, you can put in a tissue culture to store for two years? Yeah, yeah. So we can do something like that. And then it would be on the um, the consumer to try to work on getting their aseptic technique down, which is like that whole cleaning the plant so it's clean enough to go into a, a sealed vessel for for some time um yeah no that sounds like it'd be a really cool product for the industry you need an autoclave and then a flow hood but yeah or pressure know, cooker yeah pressure, pressure cooker, cooker and a flow hood uh, you and can, a flow hood yeah definitely pressure cooker flow hood media media being the most important part <laughs> for sure for media, sure it's all in the media it's all in the media it's all in the media yeah is that it's all on the recipe yeah that's what i've all, learned it's, it's all, all in the, the recipe mike yeah you could yes yeah, so you could you can ad- the just like fertilizer, you can have some recipes that you can try to standardize throughout an entire amount of strains. You can also, you can also cater to specific needs. You can have recipes for rooting. You can have recipes that don't root; they cause branching. You can have recipes that will just form callus growth. Um, you you're gonna cater the recipe Mad towards sciences. the material that Dude, you're gonna crazy. to Mad the material sciences. that you're bringing in. So like if you're just gonna tissue culture like the tip of a leaf, 
you'd want to put that into a callus. That's a callus tissue culture. You'd want to, well, you'd want to put that into a gel that's inducing callus cells. Because like if you were to put the tip of a leaf into a rooting recipe, it wouldn't know what to do. It would just like, I'm a leaf. I'm not going to root. But you could put it into another, an, another recipe that kind of confuses it to form these callus cells. And those are like the, those are the cells that form like on a cut. So like right before your clone roots, it actually forms callus cells. The callus cells form the roots. Like they don't just root out of the stem. So like these callus cells indi- as individuals are what's super fascinating. We've, we brought them up earlier with cryo-freezing. And, um, so like a callus cell media is something you'd use for just pieces of the plant. A rooting media is something you could use for like nodal propagation. Um, meristem propagation you can run into rooting media as well. And then like there's some um, recipes we make that are just to see how dirty something is. They're kind of like... They don't contain any of the inhibitors for fungicides or, or, or any of the inhibitors for fungus or bacteria. So they're actually just like asking for trouble. You could put a bunch of um, plant samples in these and you can see how dirty, you know, and like, again, this is anecdotal. You're not going to want to open these up, but you can actually determine how filthy it is you're working with. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that could be a thousand skews, but we're running by the big guy. Yeah, run it by him. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd run it. I'd, I would do that. That's the way yeah. I do it. <laughs> All right, good times, guys. Um, not really enjoyed you guys coming out. Absolutely, it was a lot of fun. It's dope. I learned a lot. Yeah. I think these guys learned a lot. So appreciate oh, yeah. it. And uh, that's it. Wrap it up. Word. Cool. We run through it. Yeah. Cool. Appreciate you. See it. Later.